and we're back with season three of Cast and Blast Florida Conversations. Really special episode today as we are joined by Richard Dick Corbett, um, who's a name that's familiar to a lot of folks in conservation and the sportsman's world in Florida. Um, it, we, we talk a lot about you know, his kind of his, his upbringing, his, his growing up in hunting and fishing and why it's so important to him and why he does so much philanthropic work. Um, this was an interview that we were able to work out through the Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida. Uh, Mr. Corbett sits on the board with them and he has served on the FWC Commission. So I think you guys will find this to just be a fascinating conversation. Um, he's a great storyteller, a great uh, interview. And basically, I just had to walk in the room and put a microphone there and say, let's talk about your life and your experiences and your thoughts. And so I think you guys will really enjoy it. It's a great listen. And uh, here is Mr. Richard Corbett coming at you right now. Okay, this is Dick Corbett, uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, it's one of three spots that uh, uh, we live during the year. And Tampa is terrific. Uh, and you've got all sorts of people m moving in here. Everyone loves it, um, and especially uh, people from the north that come down, which we did ages ago uh, from New York City and upstate New York. Um, the other uh, times during the year that we are not here is at our hunting place which is called Pinckney Hill and that's Monticello Florida really right at the border um, and, and then portion of our land um, is in Georgia and it's been in my wife's family for th three quarters of a century and frankly all of our hunting experiences um, and our enjoyment has really been there dove, duck, quail, uh, and it's an old, it's really almost gone with the wind because we hunt as they did in the 1800s and the early 1900s on horseback. And the beauty of it is that you've got to be quick enough because these are all wild quail and we've never had a pen-raised bird in our place ever. Uh, and in fact, we've had people from all sorts of different kinds of people come up and join us um, one in interesting person is Johnny Morris, who is the uh, head of uh, the owner of, of Bass Pro Shops. And Johnny came up and he said, my God, uh, this reminds me of the Augusta of quail shooting. This is the best of the best. And he said, it's also just a magnificent place to stand out here in the front porch, look at the lake and just see everything. And, and, it, and it just it was just very comforting to hear. You know, it sort of makes you feel good to re reconfirm um, how fortunate um, we are to have this, this mar marvelous hunting place. Another uh, portion of the year we're skiing, uh, we're in Aspen, and we, we've been there literally, hard to believe, for over a half a century skiing. Uh, my wife is a ski instructor. I, I just literally uh, finished uh, helicopter skiing just a couple years ago. We do a lot of what we call advanced skiing, and so much of this is just the beauty of just dancing in the snow. I'm sorry, helicopter skiing? Is that like where you get out of a helicopter? And well, it's what you do. Um, <clears throat> you take the helicopter up, and you, and you search for areas um, where you have, you go to the tops of these mountains, and it's deep snow, and it's untracked, so you have, don't have any ski runs at all. And the neat thing is when you, you get out of the helicopter, uh, you go ahead and put your skis on, um, and then 
the prop is still going and then they take off and frankly then then you go and your first your first move down is is like a steep move into the powder um and it's it's, it's really pretty exciting uh, love to do it and a lot of this is just athletic balance which reminds me a bit of just how i i uh started in uh in life uh my major sport was not football, baseball, or basketball. It's hard to believe it, it, it was boxing. And I started this in my teens and went ahead and boxed uh, in Rochester, New York. Uh, we, and we really started out with a Princeton boxing coach, and it was terrific. We were all um, 13 to, frankly, um, it's, it's interesting because um, uh, he worked with, with my dad uh, in Boy Scouts and my dad, this is a, a ref reflection back. Uh, my dad played quarterback under Newt Rockney at Notre Dame. Oh my gosh. So um, he was backup quarterback for the Four Horsemen. Uh, and it's, it's just a marvelous uh, old experience just to reflect back on all that. And so anyway, this, this was a time when, um, when the, the parents would – uh, talk to the children, and the children would listen and do what the parents said. <laughs> My dad said, take that application for Princeton on our boxing coach and tear it up. You're going to Notre Dame. <laughs> and so I, I, I ended up in life, I, I, I went to Notre Dame, and I was very fortunate there uh, to, um, in my senior year, to be uh, president of the class. And because of that, uh, I was able to meet uh, President Eisenhower, uh, Vice President Nixon, and then Jack Kennedy, who was uh, uh, running for the presidency. And I, I must say that uh, maybe you're young and impressionable, but uh, Jack Kennedy was so exciting just to listen to him. And so I followed him, and he said, why don't you come on out um, to California, which I did. Um, and I scrapped the idea of going to law school. And anyway, I ended up on his campaign and ended up working for um, – the president in the White House. Uh, we were actually in the executive office building, which is next to the White House. But it was a lot of fun as a, good Lord, as a 22-year-old. Um, it's a terrific way to sort of be in an exciting position uh, and starting out young, young, young. And we had, it's very interesting because we think of, 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 of Jack Kennedy. He said, ask not what your country can do for you. And if we reflect on that and we take a look and we say, what? What has happened to this country in the flow of, of people that are here and what their thoughts are? Well, at that point, if we take a look back, that was a we, which is exactly what he said. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what, what we as individuals can, can do to make life better here in this country. Today, that's changed to I. And the I is... Uh, is think about me, me, me first. <laughs> and, and, and that's why, frankly, when we reflect on that, um, it takes us into nature, which I'll shift over back to nature. Um, when you get out in nature, the beauty of nature gets you away from thinking about yourself. And then you're looking up at the clouds. You see the eagle soaring over here or the osprey sw uh, coming down or any of the red-tailed hawks. Um, but it just it, it, it gets you away from the from self 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 and then and to think of the beauty of the outdoors. 
Now, I'll share with you, my experience in the out of doors started uh, really with my dad in, up, in upstate New York. And dad took us out when we were in our teens, probably 12, 13 years old. And I learned to uh, walk through the cornfields and have the marvelous experience of watching pheasants get up. Uh, dad was a beautiful uh, shot. And I just remember all of that. And I learned that's where my hunting experience really began. Uh, just an awful lot of fun doing that type of thing. And Did you guys it, hunt over dogs? Uh, no, believe it or not, you're going to love this one. <laughs> we said... Um, I'll, I'll reflect and tell you what, what we do today because we do hunt over dogs right. today. But back then, um, Travis, it's interesting. Back then, um, I, I, I had a collie, which was our, our, our family dog, and we take the collie out into these uh, cornfields, and, uh, and, and it was terrific. The dog would be so excited when the birds would get up, um, and, it, and it was that type of experience. Now, as far as hunting over dogs, um, I experienced that with our quote Pinckney Hill um, which is the hunting preserve that we're we were just talking about earlier and there we have uh, we have two types of dogs we have the dogs that, that that run ahead and locate the birds and then they and then they stop and these birds are in cubbies and they run like hell or wild and then the dog just stops and boom then you then then you go ahead if you're lucky enough you you you've harvested a bird at that point then we have the little dogs um they're um they're they're little um spaniels cockers or, yeah, or cockers that's exactly it yeah cockers. yeah and they run like and, and <laughs> they're terrific and it's unbelievable when you watch these little, little little dogs they even even from these wagons that we've got the dog is watching where these birds fall and with instinct they just go zap and it's just it's, this is not the cocker that's on your grandmother's couch there you go this is a different breed yeah. altogether yes exactly <laughs> I've, I've had the pleasure of being around a couple of those and they're incredible now I'll, I'll go back a bit and on my experience uh, in florida uh, with the fish and wildlife commission sure you served you're going to talk about that you served on the commission go ahead yes i was uh on the commission uh good lord um for three different governors uh so i was on there for like a dozen years um and the interesting piece of that was just being outside uh watching how quote uh, a government entity regulates and that's the job of the commission and if we take a look at this thing i i, I started out um learning bit by bit and worked with uh, a classic example is nick wiley who was who was uh was the director of the Fish and Wildlife Commission. And, and then I eventually became chairman. Um, and one of the focuses that I had when I was there, I said, how do we get kids today outside? How can these kids get away from the, quote, cell phones and the other things that are in, that take us the, uh, in, 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 into the me, 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 or the I, 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 and then get outside? So toward that end, uh, this was 10, 15 years ago. I, um, I focused on getting uh, youth conservation centers and these neat little centers. And we started with, uh, frankly, one which was right smack there um, in Monticello. Um, and it was on 
Ted Turner, who was a good, who was a hunting friend of ours and has a uh, hunting hunting place right, right down the road from us. Ted took some of his land and um, with his son Bo said, Let, "Let's go ahead and donate this and have this as the first fish and wildlife youth center." And we did that. So, so you helped create basically the youth hunting network. Yes, the, yes, that's it. And the, the network really started out. It was it's it's fascinating, just, just like uh, uh, a little bit of a, a fire. You strike a little fire, and, and and you get a little fire going. Today, it's a raging fire, which is great because it gets and, uh, kids outside. And we started with that one center, and today we have, um, good lord, um, over a half a dozen of the centers throughout the state. And in addition to that. We have sponsors, and we started out with a couple sponsors. Today, we have over 350 sponsors. It's incredible. And I have to take my hat off to Nick Wiley um, for developing all of this. Nick, good job. And Nick Nick is now, I know Nick, he's the, the chief operating officer now for Ducks Unlimited. So he moved on in concert. He stayed in conservation and in the in the outdoor space. And Yes, he did. Um, and in fact, in, in, in Instead of being in Washington, which they, they really tried to get him to come in the Department of Interior and work in Washington, Nick um, selected the job uh, with Ducks Unlimited and is just doing a terrific job there. After Nick, Eric Sutton took over. And Eric is just a, a, a super guy. He's really selfless. He, he, st- he started out with, uh, frankly, uh, in the Tampa area with the um, – uh, what do we call the uh, uh, the oh, water management district? <laughs> Just have to remember these things. Um, Eric started out there. Uh, Eric is now, uh, as everyone knows, he's he's the director of the commission. He's done a super job. He's in Tallahassee. Travels all over the state, however, uh, and he's he's just he's focused on on a, a number of things, including continuing the expansion of these youth centers that Ray Waddell who was on the commission and, and in charge of the youth centers, um, started with us. And they, they're they just terrific. It's getting kids outside. And that's why the beauty in nature uh, is so important. And it's such an impact on kids. A good example is right here in, in, in Tampa, we have a thing called Nature's Classroom. And luckily enough, um, we started that here. And in Hillsborough County, we have school buses pouring into the to, to to our center, and it changes and transforms kids that have never been on the outside. And and as they step out, they oh my gosh, they're afraid of of bees. They're they're <laughs> and 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 by the end of the day, they've been outside, and 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 they've seen all of of the uh, uh, both land and and water experiences up there, and. These kids love it, and, and, and then they say, gosh, what I'd missed. Anyway, <laughs> Matt. It's funny you say that because I have a friend that on Facebook last week posted a picture of himself at Nature's Classroom 20 years ago. Wow. And he said, did you even grow up in, in the Tampa area if you didn't go to Nature's Classroom on a field trip? So it just shows like he's now an adult with twin girls and or twin kids, and he, it's going generationally now. So it's, it's really cool when you see your fingerprints on stuff like that, and it's 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 gone generationally. Right. I want to talk about the Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida. We've done several interviews with folks that have done work with them um, through, through grants, through 
license plate sales or there's a young man javon mcneil that takes kids fishing or hunting in tampa bay you are you've been on the board can you just talk about your experience kind of with yeah uh, no good point um it's and and i'm glad you asked this because the fish and wildlife foundation is the fun is the financial vehicle that outside of government creates funding and then provides uh, funding for all sorts of different um, issues that we've got, whether it's it's the coral reef problem that we've got going on now, or or it's the uh, 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 the terrible problem that we've got with with uh, species, uh, the pythons and the, and these these various species that have frankly um, they're invasive and they've come into the state. But those are the types of of, of things, and then the commission um, relies on the foundation and. The foundation used to be a group of retired commissioners who would sit around and um, uh, just just have a few beverages and sit around a campfire and talk. This one is completely different. We transformed this stuff beginning with um, Rodney Barreto and Rodney's uh, back as, as, as head of the commission. Well, Rodney and I um, said, let's take this foundation and dramatically change it instead of going south we're going to go north and the way we did this is we said let's let's first find a somebody that's really good as a director uh and we were so lucky to get uh andy walker and andy is fantastic and he um he has been able to transform this foundation dramatically in the um, last half dozen years talk more keep keep going on that so you you serve as the chair emeritus, is that? Yeah, well, uh, I, I, I was chairman. Um, it's interesting. I, I, I came as, as chairman of the commission, and then uh, after I got on the foundation, um, became chairman of that uh, fairly quickly. And frankly, it, it, it's an inspiration because I would get other people to say, let's wake up, guys. How can we do something for kids outside? How can we take and work closely um, with the with the commission and that's what's really happened uh, Andy has just he is uh, selfless he's gotten together with Eric and all the members of the of the commission and said what do you need what are the types of projects that you've got so we sort through these various projects um, the foundation financially has, has probably moved from um, Oh, almost one to ten from a uh, from a dollar to ten dollars, and I'm talking about millions of dollars. Um, just it's it's dramatic and it's very helpful and it's a great um, assistance to the commission to get uh, to get all the all these tasks done. They can go to wildlifeflorida.org. Sorry, I picked that up. I, I didn't have it ready for that. <laughs> they go to wildlifeflorida.org if they want to find out more about that. They can donate money. They can volunteer. There's there's all sorts of programs. Like you, you alluded to coral reefs. I alluded to Javon. Their fingers are in everything conservation around the state. Is that a fair way to put it? Yes, it, it, it is. And frankly, Florida is the beacon in the country uh, for this, which is very unusual. Um, but we've, we have... Um, have a more active outdoor outlook, hard to believe, uh, than almost any other state. And the, when, I, when, when I say that, I, I really mean the commission and now the, uh, this foundation. The balance of the two, uh, they're, they're learning from us. Uh, and then we've got, uh, frankly, um, 
we would say the Wild Turkey um, Federation and Foundation. You've got a lot of these different entities. Um, they look to us and say, "By gosh, you guys in Florida have done one hell of a job. Um, let's see if we if we can follow on your tracks and see what you've done and then do it ourselves." Now, this will be a quick one, I'm sure. We talked a little bit about hunting. Do you fish at all? You fish much? Like, yes. Where's I, your passion in fishing? Well, uh, ideally, it, it, it's fly fishing and being able to cast a fly out, which is, frankly, it, it, it's an athletic motion um, with a fly rod. And as a mentor, um, uh, it was Cray. Lefty Cray? Exactly, Lefty. Thank you. <laughs> lefty came up to our hunting place, and we were out um, fishing, and he, and, he, and he showed us how to ca- cast, and he looked at my, he said, your wife is pretty damn good. He said, he said just, just, just watch her. <laughs> Isn't that nice to hear that? Um, at any rate, Lefty was so good. He, he was so capable at this. He could take a, um, see palmettos over here and, 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 then, and then see a, a drift log behind and say, that's where ideally to, to cast the fly. He'd be able to take that fly at just, just like a, uh, golf ball and a, and a Jack Nicholas swinging the club and, and watching that or Tiger Woods watching that go out and curve around the tree and drop in God now a person who's doing this today is Andy Mill and Andy is a uh, good friend of ours he was a uh, outstanding downhill skier in the Olympics uh, came from Aspen uh, I, I, I've been close to Andy skied with him um, and also uh, out hunting with him he loves uh, big game but Andy is has really taken over uh, after left, Lefty passed and we and uh, uh, passed away, which which was uh, so tragic. But uh, Lefty was such a marvelous his imprints. Landy, Andy has sort of followed up, and he's <laughs> he's doing the same thing uh, and and on the same high level that Andy is now. He Andy can actually take a. Uh, a fly, cast it out, and catch a 150 to 200 pound tarpon. Now, just think of this thing on a light fly rod. Wow, and that's fun. <laughs> so, it's interesting to me. Obviously, you we got your book sitting there uh, uh, from the Kennedy White House to Real Estate Everest. So, it's interesting to me, like you. You made your mark a little bit as a developer in Florida, and we look around and Florida's developing at an astounding rate. Why was it so important to you, though, to figure out how to marry, yes, we're going to develop, we're going to grow, but I also want to do conservation work. I want to make sure that there's wild places, and I want to make sure that there's youth programs. And Can you talk a little bit about how you reconcile that in your head? Great question. Great question. And part of this, if we think about it, is the out-of-doors um, – the people that are that best preserve the outdoors are actually hunters, because they're outside, um, and other people say, "Oh my gosh, these guys are 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 killing and taking things away." Well, the reality is just the opposite. Hunters, whatever they're out there doing, they recognize that to, that that to have that sport continue, you have to really preserve. Now, preservation is a real problem and uh, today especially agriculture is a good example they've taken over um, these small farms and that's what's happened across the country the large farmers you become like a little my, I originally had a little drugstore 
um, let's say, called Jackson's Drugs um, in, uh, in, in the little village of Monticello. Now a CVS moves in it, and then boom, that's over. It's the same idea with farming. They came in and, and, would, and would take these two or 300-acre farms, and the next thing you know, they've got a 10,000-acre farm. Well, they've affected, they've affected uh, wildlife by literally mowing everything down. You no longer have two things that wildlife need. One is protection, which you need a hedgerow, um, meaning on the side of a cornfield or a soybean field or a cotton. Um, you need to have a place to hide. And then the next thing they need is food, and that's the, the feed that comes with, um, whether it be corn, soybeans, or whatever, um, Milo, Benny. Um, but that's an important piece. So I think we've said two things. Number one, hunters are best at conservation, uh, protecting our, our, our wildlife. And it really goes back to, hard to believe, to Teddy Roosevelt, if, you go, if, you, if we go back in this country, um, and uh, Leopold, these people said, let's take a look at out, uh, what, what we've got in America and not destroy this. Let's preserve it. I think that's great. And then I, the other part of that question is is tie that into a little bit how how important the youth programs are to you because that's creating the next generation of hunters, right? That's that's feeding into where the yes. future hunters are coming from. Spot on. And um, when we take a look at this, there's been a huge drop off uh, in uh, kids in the on, on the outside and hunting's and why for two reasons. Number one, uh, they the mentor, which was the grandfather, uh, uncle, uh, they today uh, we've 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 lost that. And why is that? Um, and I said two reasons. One is there isn't any place to go uh, when you go outside, other than public uh, uh, public hunting areas. Um, you really don't have to have a place to go because the farmers now because of uh, lawyers in this country liability and, risks and, and litigation and liability uh, they won't uh, they don't want people on, on on their land before farmers used, used to say to me young dick corbett come on out sure go shoot these pheasants we got too damn many pheasants there <laughs> or or you know whatever it is but the, the that's gone now with since the place since you can't find a place today to go um that's eliminated uh, your mentors. Hunting has dropped off dramatically in this country, and we're trying to figure out how to bring it back. And part of it is our youth center idea, getting kids outside. And they're the ones that will say, I want to go hunting. Now, take a look at Facebook, that young fellow uh, from the East. Um, and Mark Zuckerberg um, never really uh, hunted at all. Now he's actually out harvesting his own food because instead of going to the grocery store and buying your your packaged food he wants what, what is the freshest and that is wildlife something that you've actually harvested there they taste great dove duck quail turkey everything mr corbett i know that we're on a little bit of a time crunch i want to thank you so much for all that you've done um for our state through through your career and for continuing to serve like you, you served your time on the commission now you're serving with with fish and wildlife um foundation um so thank you for all that you you've done there and and i'll let you have the last word and we'll put a bow on this okay well that's what i'd like to say if we can all reach out together and say how can we 
preserve the beautiful wild wildlife that we have in this country and starting with with youth but at all ages let's think about this let's all of us all of us take the beauty of america and especially in the in the state of florida and let this continue thank you mr corbett Thank you again to Mr. Corbett for being so generous with his time and to his staff and to the staff of Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida for setting up this interview. I hope you guys enjoyed those stories. At the time this airs, it's the holiday season. I hope everyone is having a great holiday season. Stay safe out there and hope everyone is getting some time to experience uh, the, the woods and the waters with their friends and family. And we will talk to you all again soon. Mm-hmm.